After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on this road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Father God, as we open your word, we pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, as I said, my name is Chris Myers. I'm the associate rector here at St. Bart's, and we're glad that you're here tonight. Jay Wright, our rector, is taking some well-deserved time off in the month of July. So if you think about it, pray for him and his family for well-needed renewal and rest and recreation. Um, tonight, we have my friend Gavin Pate with us, uh, helping me out. Gavin and I went to seminary here. We were ordained as deacons together. We were ordained as priests within one day of each other. So we've kind of walked this road of ministry together and he's recently moved back from Florida. So I wanted to have him come help me out. So if you get a chance, say hi to Gavin after the service. Um, so July 1st, just this past week, that marked the one year anniversary of us officially being St. Bart's. So congratulations are in order to all of us. We did it, we made it a year. It's the one-year uh, fiscal anniversary. We'll have our big St. Bart's uh, festival and party in the spring, closer to St. Bartholomew's Day. But I want to mark that anniversary just in giving thanks to God for everything that he's done over the course of the last year and as a way to talk about um, vision and values. Do I need to do that? use this? Okay. I'm told I need to switch mics, so I'll do that. So we've been talking about vision and values and really over the course of last year, we were sort of answering the question, what does it mean to become St. Bart's? And now we're in a season of answering the question, what does it mean to be St. Bart's? And our vision and values are really uh, a communally discerned answer to that question. When we put a team together to think about how do we put language around who we are and who God's called us to be and the future that God is imagining for us, these vision and values are what we came up came up with, and it's an answer to the question, what does it mean for us to be St. Bart's? 
And that vision statement, just as a reminder, is to connect the people of East Dallas with God and with his people so that we might behold God and become more like him. Or the short version is behold and become. Because the central idea for us is that God is always prior. He's the one that's acting. And whatever we do, we are doing in response to his act of creation, his act of redemption, his acts of grace. So we behold him, and in beholding him, we become more like him. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. We, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord and are transformed from one degree of glory to the next We know that we have individual lives and individual callings, but our collective calling is that we would look like Jesus. God's will for us is that we would look like his son. So our mission, our vision and values are tied up with that, that we would behold him so that we can become like him. And along with that, we've been talking about five different values. And tonight we're looping back to the value of hospitality because we missed the Sunday in June on hospitality because of the inhospitable storm that ravaged our city. Um, So tonight we're talking about hospitality, the value of hospitality. And I want you to keep in mind that central idea that first hospitality is something about God before it is something about us. It's saying something about God and we are responding to something in God when we say that we value hospitality. And this is the way that we phrase it. God has welcomed us and called us to himself So we invite the people of East Dallas to connect with God and his people. So what we're saying is God is a God of hospitality. So we want to be a people of hospitality. We're beholding God being a hospitable one. So we, as those being transformed into the image of his son, want to be hospitable ones. Our values begin with God. Anything we do is a response to something God has already done, is already doing. We value hospitality because God has demonstrated hospitality to us in Christ. And as a way to illustrate this, I want to put a familiar phrase in your mind from the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, when Jesus is with his disciples and he's speaking to them on the night that he was betrayed, he gives these long teachings. And he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I am the vine. You are the branches. All those very famous things that Jesus says. And in chapter 14, he says this, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. I go to prepare a place for you. That is Christ's act of hospitality. He makes a space for us He makes room for us in the life of God. So God's hospitality is prior. It is first. He is preparing a place for us. He goes ahead of us. He says, in my father's house, there are many rooms, meaning there's plenty of space. There's no limit. I'm inviting all of you into my father's house and really into the life of God itself. That's what we talked about with the value of mystery is that the Trinitarian life of God as love, as community, means that when we are united to Christ, we're united to God, and we are invited into the very community of God himself. So he goes to prepare a place for us. And with that phrase in mind, I want you to think about the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus, as an act of hospitality. 
You may not think of it in that way. It's a gruesome sacrificial death. How is that an act of hospitality? One of the things that we did for each of our values is we have a set of scriptures that go with them, but we also picked a collect, one of the prayers from the Book of Common Prayer to illustrate that value. And the value, or the prayer that goes with the value of hospitality is this prayer from morning prayer. And I want you to hear this prayer with the idea that Christ goes to prepare a place for us, that the cross is an act of hospitality. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you spread out your arms. Why? To embrace the world as an act of hospitality. This idea of God doing something first and then us doing response, uh, responding to that is built into these collects. It's something that you can pay attention to every week when we pray these. We, say, we invoke the name of God, we invoke the name of Christ, we say something that is true about him, and then we ask for something in response to what is true about God. So Jesus, you're the one who has embraced the world by stretching out your arms upon the cross. So clothe us in your spirit. Make us like you. Make us hospitable like you. Help us to be people who make space in ourselves for others. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. What is the point of hospitality but to welcome people in, to preach the good news of the kingdom of God, the reconciliation of God and man, and to invite people into Christ's kingdom. That's the point of our hospitality. Are there not many rooms in my father's house? There's room, there's space. He's welcoming us in and we are his hands extended in the power of the spirit to welcome others. So I just wanna give you this simple definition of hospitality. Hospitality is making space for others. It's making room in ourselves for other people. First, we make room for God because he's made room for us. And then in that act, in loving him, we can love our neighbor. We can make room for other people in ourselves. Hospitality is pointing others to the one who has made space for us in himself, pointing other people to him who said, in my house, father's house, there are many rooms. And this is why the cross is an act of hospitality. We see Jesus's outstretched arms as an embrace, bringing the world to himself. This is what Paul is getting at in Romans chapter five. While we were yet sinners, while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. He reconciled us to God. He made it possible for us to be in relationship with God. He made space for us. God makes room for us in himself. So when we practice hospitality, we make room for others in our own hearts, in our own lives. To put it another way, it is creating space for others. Invite somebody in your home, you're creating a space for them. Sit here, drink this, eat this. What do we say? Make yourself at home, right? Your house is my house. So as a way for us to think about what this means, I want to link together the ideas of paying attention to people as a way of creating space for people 
and paying attention as an act of hospitality. So I want to push us beyond a little bit simply of thinking of hospitality as opening our homes. It's not less than that. And truly that is a wonderful act of hospitality because we're embodied creatures. You know, we live in particular spaces. We have particular foods that we like. We have um, the things that we like. And when we invite somebody in our homes, it really is inviting people into our lives. And we're sharing part of ourselves when we share our food and all of that. So hospitality isn't less than that, but it is more than that. I'm sure you've been to a dinner party that was an act of hospitality that did not feel very hospitable. <laughs> this is a little cold. You wanted to leave. It didn't matter how good the food was because the conversation was terrible. So just being in someone's house is not necessarily an act of hospitality. It doesn't necessarily mean that someone has made room for them, for you in themselves. And we know that. We know when people have opened themselves up to us to make space for us. And this is why it put me in mind of, of attention. Because the only way we can make space for another person is to pay attention to them. It's to give them our, the gift of our presence. And we live increasingly in a time where that is not what we like to do or not what we do by default, that we have divided attention, that we're distracted, that we're sort of giving one a person half of ourselves while we're paying attention to something else. But we make room for others in ourselves by paying attention to them. So we have to fight this battle of distraction. And I would say that more than a technology problem, we have an attention problem. <laughs> the, dis the technology just exacerbates or reveals the distraction problem that's already there. But paying attention is an act of love. Paying attention is an act of hospitality. There's a movie called Lady Bird, and the uh, main character in that movie is having conversation with a nun. And the nun says, you really do love Sacramento, the city that you're from. She's like, no, I hate it. It's like, no, you love it. How do you know that I love it? It's like, will you pay attention to it? <laughs> and then the nun says this great line, don't you think they're the same thing, love and attention? Someone can't love you if they're not paying attention to you. <laughs> attention and love are linked ideas. My wife's a counselor, and when she was going through school, she shared this phrase with me from this guy named Carl Rogers, and he calls it unconditional positive regard. When you're with someone and you're receiving them unconditionally in a positive manner. Well, that sounds, the only person who can really do that is God, <laughs> but he can do that through us in the power of the spirit so that we can give people our attention. We can give them the gift of our presence. So, hospitality and attention are linked because we make space for others in ourselves when we pay attention to them. And by extension, we live in a moment where hospitality really is primarily our way of doing mission. So when I was talking to Jay about this value, this is how he wanted to sum it up in a sentence, is hospitality is our way of doing mission. It's our way of inviting people into and experiencing Christian community. There's a, a beautiful book that came out a year or two ago called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Practicing Radically Ordinary Hospitality in Our Post-Christian World. The title says it all. The Gospel Comes with a House Key, Practicing Radically Ordinary Hospitality in Our Post-Christian World. It's written by Rosaria Champagne Butterfield. She says this, 
Hospitality shares what there is, that's all. Whatever it is you have, you're sharing. It's not entertainment, it's not just entertaining people. It's not supposed to be. Radically ordinary hospitality is this, using your Christian home in a daily way that seeks to make strangers, neighbors, and neighbors family of God. Welcoming the stranger as an act of hospitality. The beginning of the monastic tradition in the Western church with St. Benedict and his rule, if you go back and read that, he talks about how we welcome every stranger that comes to our door because when we welcome the stranger, we welcome Christ. This is what the writer of Hebrews says, practice hospitality because you may be entertaining angels unaware. Meaning when we welcome people in, when we experience community, when we practice hospitality, it's a way of welcoming Christ in. It's a way of welcoming God in. And I love that definition that she gives. Hospitality shares what there is. What you have, you share. She goes on to talk about how if you have cat hair on your food or cat hair on your couch and it ends up in the food, people are less likely to die from that than from crippling loneliness. Meaning if the thing that is keeping you from opening your home is the cat hair, don't let the cat hair keep you from opening your home because that's not what's really hurting people. Now, if they have a deathly allergy like me, then please clean your couch. But in general... I think she's really on to something. Ordinary thing of hospitality, of inviting people in our homes has the potential to become radical because it's becoming so rare, opening our homes to others. People are entertaining less and less. People are being hospitable less and less. And people are hungering for something. And we typically link hospitality with food, right? Because when we feed someone, we are extending hospitality. And it puts me in mind of, What David says of God in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. God, you are hospitable to me. Let me be hospitable to others. Think of the Eucharistic table. That's an act of hospitality. We are fed in our hunger with the very body and blood of Jesus. God makes space for us around his table. And the idea is that this this act of hospitality extends into the world. This is what the theologian David Fitch talks about in his book, Faithful Presence, that there are three tables. This is the first table where Christ hosts us and shows us what hospitality is so that when then we can go to the second table in our homes and invite people to that table where we act as hosts. And then the third table is the world. Because we've learned hospitality here and we've practiced hospitality in our homes that when we go into the world, we can be what he calls present to the presence. Meaning God is already at work. We're just joining him. And when we go to that third table, the people that we encounter, they're the hosts. And we practice receiving, we practice learning from them, we practice paying attention to them. Being present to the presence. The three tables. We learn it first here, though. You set a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil. My encouragement to you this week as, as you reflect on this at being a value is to think and pray about ways in, that you can make space for others in yourself, whether that's literally in your home or just 
the way that you interact with people in your work or in the store or anything like that. I want you to, to have this prayer in mind. It's from the Book of Common Prayer. It's in the morning prayer um, liturgy. It's on our website. You can look it up there. But this prayer, this collect, Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Now, if you're too lazy to look that up in the book, on the website, you can pray something like this. Lord, help me to make room in myself for other people. Lord, help me to make room in myself for you and help me to make room in myself for others. Or even turn what Rosario Butterfield says into a prayer. Hospitality shares what there is. God, show me what I already have that I can share. Just encourage you over the course of this week to make that a point of prayer. And what I want to do tonight just as a way of closing this time out is I want to pray together and I want to ask the question, and I want you to listen, see if God has anything to say about the people that he might be asking you to open yourselves up to, about the places that he's calling you to, about where he might be asking you to be present to his presence. So let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for the great act of hospitality that is the cross. And Lord, we pray that we would come within your saving embrace, that we would know that we are loved, accepted, and known by you. Help us first to create more space in ourselves for you. And Lord, in in the silence of the next moment, I ask that you show each of us where in our lives we need to make space for others. Lord, be with us throughout the week. Teach us to be present to your presence. Teach us, as we come to your table, how to be hospitable the way that you are. Help us to extend that to our homes and out from our homes into the world, to the places of our work, to the places of our rest, to the places of commerce. Wherever it is that we go, Lord, help us to be present to your presence and help us to make space for you and ourselves and space for others. And we ask this in the name of your son. Amen.